one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Hey, how's everybody out there? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of the show. I'm just a big tease, I think, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about, right before the show, we're talking about how many things we kind of uh, say we're going to talk about and never get to. And then, do we ever get back to them? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes the following week, two weeks later. Sometimes. Uh, we'll get to one tonight. I want to... It's <laughs> always worried about all aspects of these topics. Uh, is it for everybody? Uh, you know, it's more directed toward one segment of our audience, uh, but what is our audience? Do you know? Well, Dave, I, I believe people who listen to our show, first of all, like to hear great interviews. We've had some. They just um, like you. I we think. love. We, that, well, that, that would be very nice, <laughs> but I seriously <laughs> doubt that. Um, I tell you, you know, you've always done a tremendous job interviewing our guests on the show. I would show. say that's the best part of the show, okay. the interviews, which I've been a little lax and, on getting. And, and us getting, you know, both of our opinions, Dave. We have people, you know, listen. Um, we try to give some advice, you know, so we know, we know that, let's say, the top pro players may not be listening, but people who enjoy the interviews with some of our guests that we've had from the players to people who run the game to psychiatrists to, to financial advisors, uh, you know, uh, Agents, as Randy Casper many years ago when we had him, I thought, I thought he was always one of our best guests. I right. was talking about all these different things. And you know, he hasn't you, been on for like six years. I know, and, and, <laughs> and, I, and, and I miss him because I really, I yeah, really did enjoy he Randy. Was, and, and he was a whole different aspect of the game, a sports, uh, a poker agent and right. uh, a guy who was involved in some of the political things that surrounded poker. He was, and he wrote a very great, very good article. It was so funny before you showed up tonight. I was talking with Gio and and Joe here in the studio and uh, mentioning how I had done one show that you had to work uh, a football game that night, and Randy happened to be my guest. I had Mark Perlman in-house with his mother that day. It was so funny. She's a wonderful lady. But uh, Randy had written an article that I couldn't agree with more. You know, it, you know they always say, oh, at 100% is the most. Well, I, I was at 100% plus in agreement with that article that he had written. And... I think when you ask right now about what do you think our listeners listen to, we do cover a wide variety of topics here, Dave. And as a poker player, all I care about is if they're interesting. You know, we've we've talked about some very interesting life stories. We we've had you know people who have been uh, special advisors on the poker movie on, on Molly's game. Um, you know, it it really is. And you know, I tell people. Our poker ga- you know, our poker players has been a who's who's list in our eight years plus that we've been doing this. It really has. Well, we, when, you, when you mentioned Randy, uh, I think there, there's two people, Randy and Steve Carp, that were a big part of the show and then just kind of disappeared on us. Right, and Steve was great. Is that my fault? You think? No, listen. People move on. People move on in life. Theo's not we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. We know what Steve's uh, situation was, and I'm not even going to address that right now here. And, and we both are very grateful for Steve's contribution to the show. He came into studio. He had some great guests, some you know people that he plays with. We still mention Steve on the show. He's you know when he does really well in tournaments. He's a great player. Uh, nice guy. Uh, you know, Randy, what I remember with Randy, because Randy came before Steve Carp, Randy was giving us some great players. 
And what I loved about about Randy was he was telling us about players that that he thought were up up and coming. And, you know, sure enough, it's like this guy was looking into a crystal ball. David Peters was on. Crystal ball. And, you know, it was... Like I said, Randy was just so much fun to talk to. He brought so much energy to the show. And when he spoke about some of these players, you know, it's funny if somebody wants to go back into our archives and, and listen to some of those shows, we'd get Randy on usually for 15, 20 minutes. And, and if it was a Dave Lemon 15 or 20 minutes, it was more like 45, right, okay? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you listen to some of the players that he mentioned. I have driven away a lot of people. Huh? No, you haven't driven anybody away. Your personality is not like that. <laughs> You know, your personality is not like that. Um, most people probably enjoy it greatly. Uh, like I said, this year with Sherry Bykovsky, I thought she was phenomenal. Um, you know, with uh, Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuscaloosa Johnny Johnny winning the, 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 the beta tournament that we had a few weeks ago and writing the book that he wrote. And like I said... There's something for everybody here. Did you here. read that, by the way? Yeah? I have read half of it. I still have it at Pretty home. Good, huh? Yes, it is. It is. But, you know, like I said, for me, like I told Sherry, we had her on twice within about a month period, and she, she was so kind to, you know, autograph a, a, a personal copy for me, and I thanked her for that. And it's, like I said, we, we have touched on, on things that I think is more for beginners, intermediate poker players on some of our shows that some of the advice could help them. I honestly wish that we could approach, you know, some of our guests, some of our poker playing guests. I know that uh, we, we sometimes it's like pulling teeth, Dave, you know. You want them to give a little something, but I think that we can maybe get a little bit more out of them, you know, in a sense of, Listen, I don't want you giving away the, the, the you know, the, 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 the recipe the, to, the to how to make. Right. But, you know, something that a beginner can pick up on. You know, well, that, unless, that, unless they've written a book or something. Then exactly. They want to promote, then like it's a different Stephen story. Stephen Blay, uh, Doug Polk. But I've asked some of the players, you know, when, when we've had them on here. And like I said, I don't like to interrupt you because you do such a fine job. You research them so well. You, 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 you go into different details. I'm more a results oriented. You know, you're you're given a, a history, a, you know, a biography of the players, which is so interesting. Okay, my point as a player also is, damn, I'd like to pick his brain just a little bit, and you know, uh, I haven't done it enough, but I know I've done it a few times where you know I've had him go, oh, that's a good question. I, yeah. You know, yeah. and I know that they don't want to give away their secret as to how their thinking is, but every poker player can give you a special scenario. As we've mentioned on this show, n- no matter how many times you, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of hands you've played, you know, based on what's happened prior, before the flop, after the flop, after the turn, and after the river, you could have the identical board, two people with the same two hands, and have two different outcomes just based on how it's played. And sometimes... You just want to pick somebody's brains. That doesn't mean they're going to give away their secret because the way you play a hand, yeah. this particular hand now, you may not play that same hand a week later yeah, exactly. given the similar situation. Well, players, uh, you know, they've worked hard for the things they've learned, and they don't want to give them up to people that they can beat but that don't know that stuff. But as I tell that, you know, and, and you know what I would tell somebody? Well, let me see. Uh, Doyle came out with his super system well, in the hated, 80s. People were angry with Doyle about that. The top that. pros were back then because it was a much limited field. Right. The fishers were a lot more less limited. But think about it. His book, I think, started to, you know, open up the appetite for for poker players, knowing that a you know that 
Doyle Brunson, you know, who probably when he wrote this was probably the uh, bracelet leader at that time before Phil started his run, you know. Doyle Brunson was, you know, besides being a big man, he was larger than life in poker and, yeah. and in life. And he gave out those secrets and was still extremely successful for 15 years, even even after, you know, giving away, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the keys to, 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 the, to the fortress. His, the, his peers, top peers, were very angry because, yeah, education kind of, you know, takes away some of your, your expected value uh, that you had back then. But if you think about it, his book may have been the progression. Because remember, after his book came out, it was a much slower effect, obviously, than the Internet. But the Internet wasn't around when this first super system came around. And it slowly started to increase the main event, right. you know, things. Right. And, and poker started to get even bigger because people who were afraid to maybe put their toe in the water, all of a sudden read the book and go, oh, you know, maybe I could do a little bit of this. But isn't there so much information out there in magazines now, and in books and everything that, that no one should have the feeling that the grinder had when he was on the show and said, listen, I don't want to help anybody that's going to come back and beat me in a few years. Yeah, yeah there's too much information for anybody who wants it. You know, the, the closest thing for me, as I've mentioned on the show before, was my brother who really never played poker and in studying and reading a ton of books which I mentioned to Sherry when she was on our show. He educated himself so much, and because of the Internet and the quickness of the Internet, you know, what took me 15, 20 years of experience to learn, and at a, and a, and at a, at a rate that's so different than today, my brother was able to catch up quickly, and for these young players who have grown up in the video game era, who know, right. who have the concentration of, hey, you know, I can, I can multitask and play 10 or 12 games, if you're able to absorb even 70% of that, and they probably absorb a lot higher than that because that's how they've grown up, okay, it, it, it hurts my mind when I've tried to play three, four games on the Internet because I didn't grow up doing that. Right. These kids are playing 14, 15, 16 games at the same time and being extremely successful. So what took Doyle Brunson, all these guys, many, many, many years of experience to learn, okay, these young men, the reason we have so many of them that are such great players, they've learned it in less than a year. Yeah, exactly. Of just playing it. They just need a bankroll and, you know, the nerve to get up there and start it. Well, a few books are coming out uh, recently. I think there's been an increase in, uh, I think one of the things Johnny said, uh, Johnny Campus said, was that he had, was going to write a book years ago, and then there was just a glut of books out there. and and uh, it took him 10 years to finally get it done. But Greg Raymer has a new book coming out called uh, Winning Tournament Strategies from the Fossil Man. And uh, he's going to be doing a few interviews, so we'll work on getting Greg back on the show. He's been on before a couple of times, uh, but not for a while. No, he hasn't, and, and he was a very interesting guest because he's got a lot of strong political beliefs yeah, also. Yeah, well, he, we uh, from that one show, he's got libertarian stuff. Yeah, exactly. Link it out. And listen, and I don't want to be uh, dismissive here, but one guest that I did not mention that has their own trading site is Red Porter and, and his crew that, uh, that uh, was at the Poker, Aca uh, the Poker Academy. Academy that, you know, like you said, no one should be scared. No one should be scared. Our biggest... Fear right now, not to say fear, but our biggest hurdle right now is to figure out why we can't entice more women to play poker, you know, especially tournament poker, okay? And, you know, I, I, I think once the poker community can figure out that hurdle, 
you know, the sky's going to be the limit. Yeah. You know? Well, I think there's going to be uh, a lot more people writing about uh, sports betting uh, now that that is uh, becoming very prolific around the country. Uh, I know that Nolan Dalla has a weekly column where he puts his picks on his blog and and uh, some real maniacal betting where he bets a lot of games, and probably that's not the, the best way to go. But he, he he loves talking about it, and he loves to bitch and moan when he loses, and uh, he loves to glorify himself in his uh, picks Yeah, and, and when you they're know, successful. Here I am t- you know, ranting on about all the great guests that we had, and, and Nolan's got to be in my top three, and yeah. I didn't even mention him. That's, that's how many people we've had on yeah. our show. That, that, uh, but I think we could agree on who our... Who our least favorite? Uh, yeah, least he, our, our least favorite guest was we. All, I think we had him on for for five minutes or six minutes and then let him go. Uh, <laughs> Todd Brunson. There we go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we'll talk about a few things. Uh, Raymer's book coming out in a couple of months. Uh, we have a female winner of the main event in the uh, circuit event up in Indiana. Uh, and uh, we will also talk a couple other things. There's also the article. The reason I brought this up at the beginning is I had an article last week. We never got to it. Called the Top Ten Unwritten Rules of Poker. Now, there's plenty of rules that you can find and that are discussed regularly by the TDA and all kinds of things. But there's some things that, that you kind of get to know about the game. And this might be a little too simplistic for our, some of our uh, upper-level players. So uh, I hesitate a little bit. But, uh, but I'm not looking. Listen, about. our show is to try, in my opinion, Dave, I don't know what your goal has been since we started this. I have no half years. Well, my, my goal was hopefully to have people, uh, you know, listen to our show. You know, neither one of us plays at the nosebleed level that 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 these players that we talk about do. Right. You know, it's just a special skill set, and and you know, it, it it takes nerves of steel to play that type of game, and an intelligence level that's just on a different level than 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 my experience has been. Right. You know, I thought that I played at some nice stakes, but no, and. Maybe it's because I've also had responsibilities that some of these young men don't have, uh, your young players don't have. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, exactly. You know. Well, I do want to talk about it. Ten, unwritten, ten top unwritten po- rules of poker, and we'll get to that in an article by Tadis uh, Pekaitis. Uh, but a lot of guests we've had on, had great relationships with, um, you know, we'd love to have back, and really I should circle back and bring a few of those people on. I'd like to have Robbie Straczynski back on. Uh, I'd like to have uh, Rep Porter back on. I'd like to have uh, Steve Blay back on. And uh, we'll get some of these people as we move into the fall. And uh, Greg Raymer is now at the top of my list to get back on the show. Yeah, like I said. Probably should have him on before the election if we want him to... uh, well, really listen, himself. just open up the mics and say, go, go at it, Greg, go, go at it, buddy, absolutely. because uh, I remember him with very strong opinions uh, when he was on the show that one time. Absolutely. We're also going to talk a little uh, World Series of Poker Europe, which is uh, starting in about a week, and that will be back over at uh, Leon Sukernik's uh, casino, the King's Casino, over in Rosvidov. So we'll talk a little bit about that. There's an interesting article on Poker, Star, or poker News right now talking about... Uh, different things you need to know if you're going to play in Europe. Kind of interesting because a lot of things you really don't think about that, uh, you know, you do. Frequently asked poker questions about American players playing in Europe. So I think that might be fun to talk about for some of our uh, more experienced type players. Uh, we'll get to that, too, hopefully tonight, and uh, we'll see what happens. But let's take our first break on the show. Uh, we'll let Joe catch his breath, and uh, we will go back at it in a second. I'm uh, really interested about that top ten list. Yeah, we'll get to that first uh, when we come back. Uh, so hang in there and uh, please listen to our messages. We are still working on this uh, 
um, the site for uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean, trying to help them out, our sponsor, putting this together. And it's a long process, and we will definitely have another tournament coming up, but we'll let you know about that in over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Hey, Billy. Yeah? Do you want to go to the state fair? Yeah. Do you want to ride the roller coaster? Yeah. The big one? Yeah. The one with the reverse flip? <gasps> yeah! Well, you can't. <gasps> you see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it, including going to the state fair. Oh, man. Cheer up. This year, your parents will make it right. They're going to visit energysavers.gov where they'll get tips on how to save energy and money. Then they'll add extra insulation and get a few of those Energy Star appliances. They could save hundreds of dollars a year. And you know what, Billy? What? They'll take you to the state fair <gasps> next year. But I want to go this year. I know you do, Billy. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. The great part about poker, I've been playing for a very long time, and I've had a lot of ups and downs, and I have learned so much about not just the game, but so much about myself through the game, and I've I've been able to grow from that, and I've been able to really, really learn more about the game every single time I play, and that's what I love about it, because it's always changing. Another one of our regular guests who kind of disappeared on us, but uh, that's because of his life, uh, which uh, has exploded and become very busy with a business and children and marriage and all Michael? that. Michael? Michael Moed, <coughs> who yeah. is an, an excellent uh, Omaha 8 or better player. And uh, has done a couple shows with me in the past. I, I think people do it, and they think it'll be fun, and they enjoy it. But you know, it's kind of a lot of work. And po first of all, with a family, <laughs> poker is a grind. And Not just poker. I'm talking about being on the show. You mean being on the show? Yeah. Well, listen, uh, it it's it's only an hour long, but yes, you have to kind of make make plans for it. And if you have a family and you play it's poker, it gets a little bit harder. Be honest, when you're a guest, though, like that, you come in, it's the fastest hour of your life. It really is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Reggie, as you called uh, <laughs> Regget, being on the show with the ladies' uh, show and us uh, enjoying some fireballs <laughs> here, yeah, exactly. here in the studio when <laughs> she was here. She was fantastic. So... Like I said, we start going back through memory lane here. Bernard Lee, also another yeah. one. 
exactly. Oh. Uh, just the win- just want to give you real quick. The winner of the uh, main event at Horseshoe Southern Indiana, which is outside of Louisville, was Heather Alcorn. She won 129000 She's from Ozark, Missouri. And uh, we had a couple other people that, that you are familiar with that uh, made deep runs, including Kevin uh, Iacofano. And uh, guys that seem to be playing in all these events, uh, Ari Engel uh, finished 16th, and T.K. Miles, who is, uh, lives down here now, from originally from Tallahassee, he lives in Miami Beach, he finished in 34th, uh, two, uh, $2,935. But they had 389 entries. They will be moving on next to the Chicago area, outside of Chicago, in uh, the Horseshoe, uh, northern Illinois, which is... Uh, Outside of Chicago. Hammond, I think they call it. So uh, we'll be following all that stuff for you. But let's get to this little article, and uh, we'll see if we can have an interesting conversation about some of the things that you definitely know. You know about them because everybody that plays poker realizes these things. But they're not really written down. It's just something you kind of pick up as a nuance of the game. Uh, You suggested one of them, which is true. But, uh, you know, there's... How, how? I guess I'll ask you this question. How seriously have you gone through the poker rule book? Seriously? I went Not for years, it, probably. Uh, but well, when you I'll were be honest with you. When I honestly went through the poker, I went through the TDA thing was when I was uh, representing PPC right. in Aruba as one of the supervisors. Because I thought I knew all the rules, but they were going to be using TDA rules. So I read up on them and, you know, made sure that I knew almost, you know, most of them, you know, just by you asking me of, of them, because, you know, as a poker room manager, I kind of set forth the rules that I wanted to be followed, and usually five or six of them will cover it. You, every now and then, something strange will happen at a table, <laughs> and there isn't always a written rule for that specific scenario. Sometimes that scenario, Dave, as I have found out from being a supervisor all the way up to poker room manager and director of a room, is... You get told something, and you kind of almost have to put two or three different rules together because of what has occurred, yeah. and come up with a intelligent, you know, reasonable decision based on the information that you've got. Okay, well, let's get into these uh, because some of these, uh, you know, we can expand on enough to really give people a good idea of how uh, someone who works in a room deals with it, how some a beginning player might view it, and how a veteran player might view and it. And let me tell you something. The level of, of, of anger and, and frustration at the table will increase by the person be the person who commits any of these unwritten rule uh, error, you know mistakes depends on how much he's actually been playing poker. If he's if he's viewed as as an, a veteran poker player, you're going to see a lot more anger at the table than someone who. It's pretty obvious to the rest of the players at the table that he that he or she is just learning the right. game. Okay. Well, number one, or actually number ten, let's start from the ten and move up, uh, is tip the dealers. And not just tip the dealers, but be generous in your tips of the dealers. Uh, a positive EV play uh, in the long run for you with not only good karma, but you never know what can happen. And I was just thinking about this before the show. When you go to a restaurant and you're a generous tipper, maybe you leave your phone on the table or something. And if you are a crappy tipper, they may not even bother. They might hand it to their lost and found or whatever. But you may never get your phone back. Yeah, someone but may if not you're a good tipper, they may run down the street and chase down your car exactly. and get your phone back to you. So there's lots of good reasons 
for tipping the dealers. Yes. Uh, for one, most tippers, their 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 the ninety percent of their income is based on 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 their tips. You know, most of them work for less than minimum wage. Okay. Um, and Dave, for me as a manager and as a dealer, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm forget about manager. I'm gonna tell you as a dealer. You know, if, if I'm if I'm averaging. 30, 32 hands, because most of the games are hold them, so they're going quicker. If you're averaging 30 to 32 hands, if you don't, if you were able to get a dollar a hand, okay, and you know you're not going to get tipped some hands because the pot wasn't worth it, the person just doesn't want, doesn't tip the player, you also know that you're going to receive maybe 2 or $3 or five, a Redbird, as they like to say when you hear them in the casino, Redbird going down or a $5 chip. We all appreciate that. Um, so yes, you know, as a dealer, I just ask them to tip whatever they feel is they're comfortable with. Okay. And if the service and and the, and the professionalism of the dealer warrants a bigger tip, you know, it all means do it. You okay. know, professional poker players, though, Dave, those are the ones who will only tip true professionals and they're not usually as generous because it's an expense to them but yeah, if you I play mean, this they're playing casual for a living, you know, you know if, uh, you're, if you're once a week twice a week for three or four or five hours and this is not going to affect your life one way or the other whether you win or lose then you know listen if you're having a good time and the dealers aren't making mistakes and you're and the dealers are running the game smoothly and making it an enjoyable experience for it treat it like you said like you're at a restaurant and you've been served a good meal and a waiter has given you outstanding service yeah, absolutely okay number nine pay attention to the action uh first of all this can be very ir- annoying oh, to other players you have no idea uh don't be the person that uh, forgets to ante uh, which I'm guilty of, or if it's your turn to act and not paying attention because you are watching uh, a horse race or a highlight game or, or whatever it has happens in some of these rooms down here in that's, South Florida. That's a very uniqueness to South Florida because of the paramutuals and people being allowed it. And what probably upsets more people, but but it's part of doing business down here, is when you have the the telebetters that just combine, you know, automatically just sell you a ticket here. That was extremely difficult when we first started. Towards my, you know, my last years in there, I didn't really see a big problem with it. But like you said, pay attention to the action. Listen, we talk about sports betting. Uh, I, I don't know how many, what the actual percentage is, but in my experience, about 50% of poker players, especially the males, have action on a sporting event. So when major events are going on, uh, you know, Sunday, uh, NFL, Super Bowl, the World Series, exactly. the NBA Finals or playoffs, and NHL, and they've got a lot of money as opposed to what they're playing at the table, it makes it extremely difficult for those who don't gamble at the games. My suggestion to those people is step away from the table, let somebody else play, enjoy the game, hopefully you'll win a nice big bet, and then come back and sit down and be happy at the table instead of upsetting everybody at the table, including the dealer who is trying to run the because remember if you all of a sudden that player loses slows the game down so much that you lose five or six hands in the hour of dealing you know combined 
it's cost you money on top of the house and frustrated the other players, which may lead to even less tips because you can't control the game. Right. Um, how about that player online who's playing like 12 different screens and uh, and is really slow? And then so someone who's just working hard to learn the game and plays, you know, uh, trying to really concentrate on getting better is the one that types Z, 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 Z across the I've chat I've done box. that many a times, and it's, and it's not the inexperienced player. It's the experienced player. Like I said, these these players play twelve with twelve games. It that is the most frustrating part of playing poker online, yeah. and I don't honest, I don't un, I don't know how you can fix that. I don't know what you can do. About I, I honestly don't know unless unless uh, and in tournaments it's even worse when you get close to the bubble because yeah. right. then every player is trying to get Stall. into at least so every player stalls and you know I've it this you want I want to put my head through a wall when I see that okay let's move on uh, number 8 is don't argue with the dealers uh you know even if you believe the dealer is wrong uh that's when you go to a floor person you know it may, it may take some time to sort that out but there are good and bad dealers but uh you need to uh to listen to the floors for the final word at the table yes but now, when you say don't argue with the dealer, rarely have I seen one person arguing with the dealer. Usually when a dealer messes, makes a mistake, okay, uh, and like I said, whether it's killing somebody's hand prematurely, a premature uh, turn or river which changes the board, yes, that, that's, uh, that's, those are the things that I used to get on my dealers for because it's going to cost you end of house money plus the atmosphere at that table all of a sudden becomes very antagonistic. And, and yeah, you don't want to do that. But to be honest with you, Dave, if you're involved in a hand, I'm going to talk to you now as a casual player. Let's say you, you, you don't play cash a whole lot. And let's say dealer not paying attention prematures that, that river, which would have given you a pot that's got two or $300 in it. Not life-changing, but a nice little pot to hit. And all of a sudden, oh, wow, i got to call the floor over. You're going to say something. Yeah. It's just human nature that you're going to say something. Now, it's got to get to the point where you can't let it get so personal that, you know, that insults are flying and, and you know, you're, you're using, you know, you're, you're cursing the person out. You know, just call a supervisor. Trust me, ask, dealer's got to call a supervisor at that point anyway. So just say, call your supervisor. Why is this dealer doing this? And, again, you know, we, we're all human. We've all made mistakes. If this is a continual process with this dealer, maybe this is someone that you need to know about right away as a manager or supervisor and make a decision on their future because you are affecting people's, you know, finances. Okay, number seven, and this one is also commonly known as don't tap the aquarium. Uh, (laughs) Be nice to newcomers. Uh, You know, everybody's remembers the first time they ever played in a live game, and it's not easy. Uh, it's not not that you need to uh, share advanced poker tips with them, but helping them understand certain things like they can't make string bets or expose their cards, that sort of thing, little new things, is going to make them play a lot better in the long run. And uh, we need these new players to keep the game alive. Right. The string bet, that's a dealer responsibility. Okay, that's a dealer's call on the table whether a string bet was made. The one where you say, don't tap on the window, my experience has been that the other players at the table will take care of that. Yeah. They'll, they'll be making the comments. You know, the, the other good players will be making the comments to the person who just got, you know, three outed out on the river, and the guy should never have made the call, you know, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, releases his, his, his anger and the steam that he's got built up inside of him. 
I've always seen other good players at the table say, hey, lessons are on Tuesday at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night, you know. Yeah. So that, that's the signal to shut up and, you know, don't worry. If you're involved in a hand with him again, you might get all your money back and then some. Uh, number six is try to be helpful where necessary, not only with the dealers that uh, occasionally make mistakes, which you can help point out, uh, but the players who do something, as we just discussed, uh, a lot of things are, are taken care of normally in online games. So uh, people come yeah, to a live game an and they need to, they need to and learn the, the common rules. And that is a great rule there, Dave. Uh, but unfortunately, it's a rule that is people, you know, and I've always told them, I said, what's, what's occurred when I've had to be called to a table? Because unless it's, quote, the table you know the the table uh, police person as as like you know sometimes we all the table monitor uh most people don't want to say something because they know that one person is going to take it very well <laughs> and another yeah, person's right. not going to take it it's like being it's like being a supervisor without getting paid for it on the table but yes you should still be able to say that as long as cards have been exposed anyone at the table can say something and unfortunately i have found out that that's not always the case uh, you know, if the person who who's getting pushed apart is 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 a bit of an a-hole at the table, I guarantee you, you're going to have a lot of people at the table saying, "Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait." The other guy had the better hand. You know, the dealer misread it, or or the person turned it over, tabled it, didn't give the dealer a chance to read it, but somebody else read it at the table, and they'll say that. If it's a real nice person getting pushed apart, you know, ag- you know, against somebody who who is the opposite, you know. They may not say anything, and and it has a connotation, Dave, of like being a snitch, and it's not. It's it's to run the game properly. Right. Okay. Number five. You mentioned it uh, as we started. Never talk about cards that you folded while the hand is in progress. And it's and let me clarify and that's, that. That's and also reacting. And that's the bigger one because the talking about it, the dealer, you know, immediately should be saying something to you. Okay, but. It's like, you know, when a flop comes up, uh, two fours and a queen, the person who jumps out of their chair has already let you know that they folded a four. Yeah. And that's way too much information to give away. You've got to know how to properly play the game. And, you know, or it's even worse when it happens on the river because there's a lot of money that's already been bet into this pot. And then all of a sudden a, a second four hits and this guy jumps, you know, some of them try to contain themselves. Others are just so blatant yeah. that it's ridiculous. And for the top players, you're giving them way too much information as against another opponent. Right. Uh, number four is uh, kind of the opposite of one of the earlier ones where we said try to be helpful when necessary, but don't offer any unwanted advice. Exactly. Like... And I'm I'm going to tell you like this. And that's it, a, that happens all the time. It, it really does where people will say, oh, wow, there's the flush card. You know, that that's one of the unwanted, you know, you're not supposed to uh, mention, say that. Oh, look at that, an open-ended straight draw. Now, I'm sure he's got the jack for the top end. You know, you've got to shut up. And, and some of the worst scenarios is, especially with beginners, they're holding their cards out here. So the player to their left or to their right has clear view of their of their cards and the board is out there someone has tabled the hand and because they're new had too much to drink 
whatever the reason is, they're not picking up that they've got the winning hand. But the dealer can't say anything until he tables his cards. Right. And the player's going, come on, you got the queen, turn it over. That's going to create a huge, yeah. usually creates a huge problem because the other person would have been pushed apart if this person had turned his cards down and put them on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number three, use caution when calling the clock. Yeah, that's more of a courtesy thing. Listen, if if if, if it's something that, so, you know, again, calling the clock, I've had to actually stop people from from doing that because they started doing it like on every hand that this person took a few seconds to, to act. Then again, I would speak to the players, you know, use calling the clock on somebody in a game that matters. If and you have to be understanding when there's a big decision to be made. Ex that, right. There's a difference in a cash game and in a tournament game. And, you know, I've seen people take forever to act on, on a hand on a hand that has a $20 in the pot and the bet is $2 or $4 or $5 to you, you know, and you're taking forever to make that call. You're just upsetting everybody at the table. No one should have to take more than 10 seconds to make that call. But now in a tournament, if it's for your tournament life, deep in a tournament where each step is, 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 uh, is, is thousands, you know, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, you don't see people calling the, the, the clock on those people because they know this is, could be a life-changing decision being made here for this person. And again, these are rules uh, of poker and unwritten rules. Unwritten rules. Not exactly uh, written down, but understanding that uh, etiquette is a big part of the game. And uh, number two is slow rolling is never justified. Ooh. We've mentioned on this show where Mike Matisau freaked out on Sean D. I yep. think it was when he slow rolled him. I think he was literally doing it to just have a little fun with Mike, but Mike took it to one point. I have seen guys... Well, if it wasn't for the security or the police in the room, actually, more than more than a few times, almost come to blows over that. That is one of the major rules that you just do not do to other players. Um, there are players that I have seen that I do it on purpose just to get the table and everybody else pissed off at them because that you know they, most people when they're upset Kasuf, they don't mind. play their best game. No, Kasuf did it because. He was trying to make, if Stacy made that call in that situation, right. he's out of the no, tournament. I understand that but one. But what I'm, I'm saying sure. is slow rolling. I'm sure he's done it before there's one, there's a there, No, see, but slow rolling, turning over a bluff is a different scenario right. than slow rolling. Right. Because you're when giving, you the, you're giving and the impression to the other person that he's about to win a big pot. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no. Ha, makes ha, ha. it a little more painful. Yeah, it's like you're laughing okay, and slapping him in the face. Here's the question. Is is it justified if you have someone who habitually does it to other players, then you can do it to him? Is it? Oh, well, put it this way. If if I'm playing at a table and I've seen this guy do that to other people, I, I take a ton of, and, I, and again, maybe you call me a hypocrite, but I would take a ton of joy of doing it once to him just, just, just to give him a taste of his own medicine. But that would be it, you know? That would be it. And I probably couldn't do it if this is a guy who's taking it now. A manager and a, and, a, and a player could call a supervisor and say, listen, this guy, I know it's not a rule, but you know what? For the best interests of the game, I could tell you, you do that one more time, and I'm throwing you out of my poker rule. Because what good is it if one player, whether it's a written or unwritten rule, if he's breaking something that's, that's poker etiquette and upsetting the whole table, it's time to, to get this man out of your room. Okay, number one, never complain about bad beats. 
that's number one on everybody's list. Everybody in the, t- in the sooner or later, when you start playing poker, you're going to hear bad beat stories, you know, and experienced veteran poker players hate hearing these because we all have them, you know. And when I used to have someone constantly going, you know, I used to love when someone would tell me, I've never seen that before, you know, and, and it's constantly making comments. Well, I would just turn to them when they would aggravate me. I go, well, the next time it happens, you won't be able to say that again, <laughs> right? And, and, and most people would laugh at the table. And if this person had any common sense, he would realize, you know, listen, we don't want to hear this. Or immediately somebody gets into, oh, what do you think? You've got a bad beat? You should have seen the hand I had. And they just immediately start telling the whole table the story. Yeah, I would imagine that is the number one unwritten rule. Keep your bad beats to yourself. Nobody, listen, we've all had them. And if we sit there and listen to them, we'll be there all night. Yeah, random players you don't really know, don't care. And don't really want to hear it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Those I think the only time I've listened to somebody and I've wanted them to tell me is when I, when I was playing a lot more poker and the person was just a horrendous player. So instead of making them feel uncomfortable, go, really? Wow, that was so sad. I can't believe they hit that two-outer on you, you know. And, and I would – but most people are just like, hey, listen, buddy, just shut up and, you know, play, put up your blind and wait for your next hand. That's all. Okay, Tadis Pekaitis was the uh, writer of that one. You can pick that, that up on That was pretty good. Uh, I like that online, list that he had there. Online Casino News. is uh, I get that regularly in my uh, email, <laughs> and I want to pass that along. Let's take our uh, break on the show here. A uh, few things when we come back. I want to talk a little bit about World Series of Poker Europe. Not sure how much interest there is, but there are players who go over to Europe and play in different events, and there's some interesting things maybe you should know if you plan to do that this year. We'll be back uh, with our next segment. When we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you weekly from South Florida. And we appreciate you listening to the show. Pick it up on iTunes. uh, Subscribe to the show. Rate the show. Uh, You can also do the same on SoundCloud. Give us a like on there. We appreciate that as well. Or uh, many of the other places where you can get the show on a regular basis, including PokerActionLine.com. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. 
The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Uh, we mentioned Greg Raymer's book coming out, uh, I guess, in November, I believe it's coming out. It's going to be called uh, Fossil Man's Winning Tournament Strategies. It's a book he's uh, been wanting to write for about uh, 10 years, he said. And uh, his win was 14 years ago, if you could imagine that now. Does, does, it, does it seem that long ago? No, it, it does. And think about it, uh, uh, Moneymaker was even longer, because he was, what, the year after Moneymaker? The uh, editor of uh, uh, the book says, when Greg explains something to you, you get a feeling that you can go away immediately and explain it to somebody else. So uh, he said that's a sign of someone who's really an excellent teacher. And, you know, Greg's had other things going on, and obviously he's played some and everything. But uh, it'll be uh, released sometime uh, before. I don't know if it's going to be November or sometime after the beginning of next year. But, of course, he'll be signing some copies uh, at the World Series next year. D&B... <coughs> Excuse me, D&B Poker is the publisher. They've done a few books this year, including uh, Mike Sexton's book, Life's a Gamble, uh, the new book by uh, Phil Helmuth, Poker Brat, and his autobiography, and Lance Bradley's book. They still want to get Lance on the show, but uh, we'll check that out when it comes on. We'll get Greg on the show as well. Uh, World Series of Poker Europe. The schedule is out. It starts, what is today? Today is the 8th, so it yes, starts sir. tomorrow. Uh, the Colossus is first, uh, 550 euro buy-in. Uh, they do have a PLO eight-handed game, uh, 550, a monster stack. There'll be a mixed pot limit Omaha, uh, along with no limit hold'em. And it's being played again at? Being played at Razvadov in, in the Czech Republic, uh, Leon Sukarnik's place, uh, King's Casino it's called, right near the Czechoslovakian-Germany border. Uh, there'll be a high roller, a super high roller, and, of course, the main event, which starts on October 27th. So we'll keep an eye on some of that stuff. But it does get underway tomorrow, the early events. Uh, if you're planning on going, not, and not especially not to that, but to anything over in Europe, there might be a few questions you may have uh, about um, going uh, to Europe and uh, playing over there, the different things that are involved there. I want to just run a couple of things because you might find it interesting, even if you don't plan on going over there for a few years. But the uh, main thing is, is money issues. How do you get cash? First of all, you need to know that while most uh, European countries use the euro as their currency, there are some smaller ones in different countries. Uh, Bulgaria, for example, is the Lev. Uh, the, uh, Croatia has the Kuna. Also some interesting names of some different things. Denmark has the Krone. And uh, the Forint 
is in Hungary. So you must know uh, what's happening in these countries before you go over there. Uh, of course, uh, Swiss francs are uh, in Switzerland, and uh, sterling in the United pound sterlings uh, in the United Kingdom. So uh, commonly known as pounds. But how do you get the cash over there? You can use an ATM. They're found in uh, plenty of cities over there. But be careful about bank fees uh, for European transactions. Do uh, they you recommend you wire money to the casino? Well, that's one of the ways. That? Wiring is one, he said. But, uh, you know, you'll need a lot of information. You need the AB routing code. You'll need a SWIFT code. And, of course, all the bank well, information that's, numbers. That usually stuff. shouldn't be a, an, an issue. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's going to be, uh, I don't know how much issues people have had getting money over there. I've, you know, been involved, unfortunately, with, uh, you know, with with the stuff that happened with PPC here from Aruba. Um, getting money, if you're one of the, you know, say let's say you win one of those big events and you've collected 800,000 euros, let's say, or something like that. How, how you know, what's the process for getting that money over here? We haven't heard any horror stories yet, yeah. but there have been some, some difficulties because well, of think, our banking I, laws. I think wiring money is probably the best choice for large amounts. Right, but, you know, <laughs> that's how it's usually handled. And then something I would imagine, you know, I don't know how the U.S. does that because I know they're always monitoring that as far as seeing big wire transfers because of what's going on in the world. But as I mentioned, those other different uh, types of money, even with the euros, make sure you understand the exchange rate and the difference there because you can get taken. Uh, you can use your bank or credit card, usually if it's a Visa or MasterCard, but less frequently they will accept uh, American Expresses is kind of on the downside. So uh, you can do it, but uh, again, be careful and uh, please understand uh, the different fees that are involved there for European transactions. Also, you can swap money with other poker players. Of course, you need to have people that you trust or maybe play online with that you know where you can find them. Uh, easy to get taken. Uh, yeah, but most people who are going to be doing any significant amount of money are probably the nosebleed people who usually make arrangements between each other. Right. I guess know? the I guess the the best advice is to do a little research ahead of time and understand the different options that you have. Uh, there is a site called xe.com where you can check exchange rates. Yeah, and and I'm sure if you go, I would imagine somebody on one of the two plus two on any of the poker forums, if if this is going to be your first time going to Europe, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many newbies from the United States would be going over there. But if it, but if you're a tournament player down here, I'm sure you can speak to anybody who's had a prior experience as to how to get over there would probably be the best way. But if this is going to be your first time and you don't know a lot of these players, my my tip would be I'd call the casino, ask them what's the easiest and cheap you know cheapest way for me to to get money, the entry fees to these tournaments to your you know to your establishment, and then. Ask questions when you get there as to if I'm lucky enough to cash out and, you know, how am I bringing that money back? Because, yeah, you know, 10000 10, at the airport, you've got a problem. Be, uh, so. well, we've seen problems in the Bahamas and uh, different uh, island countries where you where people have uh, confiscated money, people be, coming back. When exactly. They haven't well, declared it properly. They didn't declare it properly. They've had too much to drink on the day they're leaving. They don't know how to how to handle this. And trust me, I've known people who've had that happen. It is not a pleasant experience, folks. 
another question, uh, can you play online poker while you're in Europe? And uh, the answer to that is maybe. Uh, a lot of times you need to live, for instance, in, in Spain and France to play against other players in Spain and France. And you need uh, correct documentation and ID in order to play online poker. Uh, again, you need to prepare ahead each of time European if you do want to play. Yeah, each Europe European country has their own gonna rules. It's going to be different. Yeah, and absolutely. We just had a situation where someone didn't they win some a lot of money on an online site? Well, that and was Gordon Vio that we that talked was, about that's last it, week. Gordon Vio. I couldn't remember that it was. Yeah, that. And that was because they said he was not playing where he in said he Canada, was playing. In Canada, he was playing in the United States and had some issues with his tech. Okay. There. What's what's the legal age to play poker in Europe? I would imagine you know eighteen. It is eighteen. Uh, here it's Drinking twenty-one in many of the places. So. <laughs> Uh, purchasing alcohol, also 18. Uh, make sure you have uh, a photographic ID, and uh, most importantly, a passport would probably be even better, so you can prove your age. Uh, a lot of places have a requirement for that. Can you just walk into a casino in Europe and play poker? Like you can in the U.S., just walk in, take a chair? Uh, no, most, pla- most places in Europe, you need to register first. Um uh, you know, with a passport or a European ID. And uh, many times you'll even be asked to leave your bags or your jackets in a cloakroom. Yeah. These, like I said, these are all very good questions to ask the casino uh, that you plan to travel to and, and you know, get someone who can give you, you know, the, the right answers to these Absolutely. questions because these are all great questions because some hotels take your passport you know and hold on to it until you check out um, uh, I know in England they don't let you leave the country if you've borrowed money if they've extended credit to you without you squaring that up uh, like you said every country has their own rules and I would I would for what Big Dave is telling everybody here is from this article is make sure you have a la- uh, a laundry list of questions to Absolutely. ask ask the casino that you intend to travel to. What is the main difference between poker rooms in Europe compared with those in the U.S.? Uh, well, I, we were told once again by our good friend Randy Casper because I had to call him once. English is one of the language is like the universal language to be spoken at the table, and in some poker rooms over there. Uh, they allow English and whatever the native language okay. is there. So um, outside of that, I don't uh, know. He said the I've main difference really is the size of the rooms. Smaller? That, that much, much smaller than in the U.S. There are a couple big ones. There's uh, one called Dusk Till Dawn in Nottingham, England. Also the King's Casino that we mentioned earlier for the uh, European uh, World Series of Poker is very large. But most of these rooms are small. Um uh, is there a specific dress code in European casinos? And that's a good question. Some have, yes. <laughs> uh, this was not the case 15 years ago, but in general now, though, shorts and flip-flops, beach attire are not permitted. Uh, don't really have a strict dress code, but occasionally you might run into one, like at the Casino Monte Carlo in Monaco, and they will even provide you a blazer or a jacket like uh, we used to see in restaurants years ago when you yeah, go to a place. exactly. Uh, yeah, I guess it all depends on how high class the establishment exactly. is, and and you know the type of uh, gamblers that they have at at all their other tables. Shorts games. and flip flops, I don't think cut the cut the mustard over there. No, I I I, I you know again. At my age, it's not what I'm going to be looking to play in. Besides, I don't know how cold most of those poker rooms are over there, as opposed to over here, where you see so many people, you know, wearing the hoodies because it gets very cold in there. So. 
Uh, that's that's actually a great. I wouldn't even think about that because I wouldn't dress that way. But that's a great that's a great uh, question. Can you play with cash at the table? Can you put cash on the table? Uh, well, in Vegas, you Vegas can play you can $100, for hundred dollar bills. Hundred dollar bills. I I honestly don't have a clue. I would probably say yes. No, the answer is no? really no. no you know, you euros. Go. They don't want a bunch of euros on the table. You got to get your chips from the casino uh, cashier or the cage. And uh, they will always help you out with that, but uh, for you can't just put money down on the table. Okay. Uh, can you use uh, electronic devices at the table? Uh, well, you can, but there's also some problems uh, uh, because of the difference in voltage and plug designs. You may not realize that, but they are different. Uh, in the United Kingdom, Ireland, and uh, Malta, they use a three-pronged plug. Whereas in Europe you have a two-pinned one that that is similar to the U.S. plug, but with enough differences to stop your plug from fitting in the socket. So you got to prepare for that ahead of time. Yeah, bring your adapter. Exactly. <laughs> uh, some casinos, like over here, have a USB socket built into the table, but uh, not all of them do. So it's also against the rules to take photos while in the casino in most places. Over yes, there. absolutely. Not only there, but in a lot of the casinos over here, people take pictures outside the roped-off, so to say, area, but not in the poker room. They, they, you know, they don't really allow that too much. Right. Uh, is it worth signing up for a loyalty scheme while playing uh, poker in Europe? Uh, they said probably not because they vary differently in the different countries, and unless you're going to be there for a long time, you may not be able to uh, take advantage of the prizes that uh, you can earn. Right. The only thing I would say, if you sign up for loyalty, is if you're going to be playing gambling at any other, at any other game outside of poker, where if you're betting large enough, you could probably earn some some loyalty points depending on the amount of money you put in the machines or or gambling at the tables. Exactly. Okay. Uh, that's fun. Uh, some, that I don't think I'll ever uh, take them up on that, but uh, maybe someday. I've, listen, know. I've obviously thought about going over there to play, and like I said, for me, the biggest thing would have been uh, to contact the casino, and, and, and what you just did there was give me a good list of questions, because I don't think I would have had all those questions. Now now I definitely would, and if I thought of any others, I would a- definitely uh, you know ask them, so... It, like they say, there's never any dumb qu- any dumb questions, you know. <laughs> so uh, just ask them if you're traveling abroad. Trust how, about, me. how about this? Who's the hottest player in poker right now? For a while, it was Stephen Chiswick. Of course, Justin Bonomo had had a great year, a real heater. But I'll tell you, uh, this is kind now, of tricky. Now you see. Now you see. Here's the difference as to how you and I think. <laughs> you said who's the hottest poker player right now? Oh and yeah. My you're mind, thinking, you're thinking my of mind women. went well, somewhere I, else. Well, I got something to cover that after so our final my break. My mind went somewhere else. I, I got Please something to cover. Please forgive me, but I'll, I was not thinking about that. I was thinking, okay, wait a minute, we're heading this show down a different angle. I'll just tell you, Steve O'Dwyer is hit back to back. High rollers at the uh, Party Poker Live Millions UK, which is pretty outstanding. Congratulations. Uh, Let's take our final break on the show. We'll talk about uh, some other hot poker players when we return. (laughs) We'll finish things up. Thanks for being with us tonight, and we hope you'll you'll, uh, tune in to every show, uh, however you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll catch you right after the break here as we finish things up tonight on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. 
Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe. As we finish things up, uh, let's get to that hot uh, poker player part. (laughs) Uh, One of the fun things about poker is that since you have so much time in your hands, you're around these people, but uh, you're always looking for kind of things to entertain yourself away from the table. So... They have the famous thing called prop bets that we find from time to time. Uh, we do have uh, the boxing match coming up after the first of the year. Uh, Antonio Esfandiari against Kevin Hart. Oh, the which, boxing uh, match. I kind of forgot about that. Uh, down here when the uh, Poker Night in America was uh, taping some of their cash games here at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, they had a women's event. And we mentioned the uh, Kelly Minken uh, play where she had uh, do seven offsuit and uh, and actually played it because they had a prize for that and uh, ended she up bluffing, the player, uh, yeah, bluffing she, Lily Coletto off she, the table. Yeah, she pushed her off the pot. Uh, but uh, there were some also some arm wrestling and things like that. But uh, Lily Coletto is a very pretty woman, uh, kind of petite and uh, but built pretty good and uh, you know looks like she does work out a lot and that sort of thing. Uh, there was a bet made between her and Danielle Anderson, D-Moon Girl, who we've also okay. had on the show, uh, that they would have a competition for $2,000 on bench press. Who could Actually bench press the most. Weights, who yeah. could lift the most. And uh, Coletto, Coletto uh, challenged uh, Danielle uh, because she thought that she was a pretty good athlete and that she would have time to work out and get better. And uh, as it turned out, uh, they went to the uh, contest. Both started at 75 pounds, and Lily Coletto lifted 90, and D Moon Girl was the winner with 120. Wow. Or, or 95 to 120. Okay. So uh, they actually was on Instagram this week, if you want to check that out. Uh, Danielle does a lot of CrossFit, and she did some competitions against uh, Dan O'Brien on a show that they've 
to film before. Uh, Lily said that I can I can squat 300 pounds, so I don't think that training my arms would be too difficult. But she didn't quite she make can it. squat 300 pounds. That's impressive. I don't know how tall or big a <laughs> girl she is, small. but that's impressive. You know? um, so then uh, Coletto also has another one coming up against Jamie Kerstetter, who did a lot of the commentary on uh, the poker uh, World Series of Poker this year. Uh, they will compete for $1,000 in a one-mile race. Well, you know, you remember just two years ago, was it? Uh, two years ago in the World Series, uh, Jason Mercier's famous, uh, you know, odds that he got prop bet. Vanessa uh, Yeah, that, that he, he would, would win three, three, bracelets. three bracelets. He won two and came in second in two others. Yeah. So she must have had a hard, you know, because it was, I don't remember what he was getting, but he only put up 10000 to win something like $2 million. Yeah, for sure. And uh, every year, Daniel Negrano does these things, yeah. too. Well, everybody has a few here and there. There's been a lot of weight loss bets and that sort of thing, too. But uh, everybody's out there having fun, and it's always fun to watch some of that stuff on Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or wherever you get your social media. It's funny that you mention that because I have dealt at games where guys are making prop bets, like, in that night, like enhance one or this, that, and the other, and I... 20 minutes into it, one guy realizes he's about to, you know, that he's going to get killed. So he looks at the guy and goes, can, you, can I buy out right now? <laughs> They've made bets for three, dollars $400. He goes, I'll give you a $500 wager. I remember once the guy goes, I'll give you 300 right now just to let me out of the bet. So it's funny how some of these people try to buy out of their bet. It is. So, Joe, thanks for all your help tonight. That was a fun show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back with us next week. Gio, thank you for all your work as well, as usual. And we'll be back with another show next week on Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.